Hey there, podcast listeners. We are taking a break from the usual format this week to bring you a special episode, an interview from my colleagues and UNH Extension's food safety team who have been hard at work putting together information on best practices for those of you using surface cleaners to prevent the spread of COVID-19 in your farm business. You will find a link to these materials on our website. What does food safety have to do with COVID, you might ask? And what does COVID have to do with IPM? You might wonder, best practices in food safety protect us from unwanted microbial organisms in our food that might make us sick, uh, food poisoning. So there is very much to learn from food safety experts about how to use sanitizers and disinfectants to protect us from picking up coronavirus where we live, work, and learn. Also, sanitizers and disinfectants are chemicals meant to kill microbial pests. So they are pesticides with EPA registrations and label restrictions and the whole thing. This holds true for products registered for use in the farm, as well as those registered for use in the home. So while there is great benefit to using cleaning products to prevent the spread of COVID-19, these products are not completely without harm. You should know which products work to eliminate viruses from your surface, and you should know how to use them properly. But I will leave that up to the experts here. Heather Bryant interviews Mary Choate. Welcome, Mary. How are you doing today? Great, thanks. Um, so Mary, can you set the stage for us by telling us what causes COVID-19 and how it's spread? Sure. Um, SARS-CoV-2 is the name of the virus that causes COVID-19. COVID-19 uh, is a shorthand for Coronavirus Disease 2019. So this is thought to spread mainly from person to person through respiratory droplets that are produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. These droplets can land in the mouth or noses of people who are nearby, or possibly they can be inhaled into the lungs. Now, there is a small possibility that a person can get COVID-19 if they touch a surface or an object that has the SARS-CoV-2 virus on it, and then touch their own mouth or nose or eyes. But this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. The main way the virus spreads is through person-to-person -person respiratory droplets. All right, well that's important. Thanks, Mary. Can you tell us more specifically what prompted you to write this blog series? Sure, yeah, there were several things that happened uh, in quick succession that made me think I really need to help clarify this issue for folks. So the first thing that happened was the National Poison Control Center reported a jump in poisonings related to disinfectant use starting around COVID times. So that was one thing. People were doing a lot of improper uses uh, of disinfectants in order to try to clean really well. Also, different folks that I've talked to, when I've asked them how they measure sanitizer, it's often the glug, glug, glug method, which is, you know, this must be the right amount. And that is really the wrong way to measure sanitizer or disinfectant. And then the third thing that sort of put the icing on the cake was all the internet information that seemed to really be confusing the difference between sanitizing and disinfecting. And they are different um, in important ways, and especially when regarding food contact surfaces. Okay, so that sounds important. Can you tell us how um, 
how they are different, how sanitizers and disinfectants are different? Sure. Well, the one thing that they're the same, they have to be used on a clean surface. So you cannot sanitize or disinfect a surface that's covered with mud or dirt or food. So the first thing to do is clean with detergent or soap and water and rinse off the surface you want to sanitize or disinfect. But now the difference, sanitizing lowers the number of germs on a clean surface to a safe level. And this safety uh, is judged by public health standards or food code requirements. So sanitizers that you're gonna use for food contact surfaces are formulated in a way that they are to be used without rinsing. You sanitize and then you let things, you let the surface air dry. Disinfectants are different in that they're generally stronger than sanitizers. They're also used to kill germs uh, on a clean surface, but they also leave a residue. So that would be a germ killing residue, but also a residue that could contaminate food that is placed on that disinfected surface. If you have a, an instance where a person who's infected, maybe with COVID-19, sneezes on a food prep surface, say, what do you do? Well, you would have to clean and disinfect that surface, rinse it, and then sanitize it. And that's how you would bring that contaminated surface back to safe use for food contact. So the other thing that's important, and both with sanitizers and disinfectants, you have to read the label to make sure they remain wet for the contact time that's required according to the label. If you're using a wipe, say a sanitizing or disinfecting wipe, and it says it has to stay wet for 10 seconds or a minute or whatever the time is for that compound, and the surface starts to dry, you may have to use more wipes to keep the surface wet for the amount of time stated on the label. Right, okay, so that sounds like really important information. Let me just sum that up, what you just said, and, and then you can let me know if I, if I got it right or not. So a sanitizer's purpose is not to kill everything, but to kill a lot of things and bring the level of infection down to something that's considered relatively safe. And oftentimes when you use a sanitizer, or most of the time, once you put it on, you don't rinse it off. You just leave it and let it dry. A disinfectant, on the other hand, tends to be a stronger chemical, it sounds like you're saying, and um, its purpose is to kill all of the microbes. And with those, because the chemicals are stronger, they could become a contaminant to your food. So you would want to rinse those off before using that surface again. Right, but you really, sh there's not a reason to use a disinfectant on a food contact surface unless it's been contaminated by an ill person. You, you use sanitizers on food contact surfaces and use disinfectants on high touch surfaces that are not food contact surfaces, like doorknobs and steering wheels and point of sale things that a lot of people are touching. I see. Okay. All right. Now I think I get it. Thank you. That's, that is important. Um, Okay, and so then my next question is, uh, what negative impacts might we expect if, um, if I were to use the cleaning product on my farm um, or a sanitizer or disinfectant improperly? And this happens a lot because if folks think, well, this amount is the amount I'm supposed to use, so doubling it or tripling it or glug, glug, glugging it will make it more effective. That is a really good way to cause problems. For example, harmful fumes can be produced when you're using uh, too much of a product um, that can harm your lungs. It can corrode materials. It can corrode metals. It can corrode plastic. I had one farmer tell me, what can I use besides chlorine to clean my 
plastic coolers because they really got wrecked after one season. And I, I said, well, how much, um, how much bleach are you using in your solution? And he sort of embarrassedly say he didn't know he was glug, glug, glugging it. So that is a, a, my best argument for one of my best arguments for measuring and using it according to the label. Another thing, if you want to cause some trouble with your health is to combine sanitizers that aren't intended to be combined. So th uh, more than one smart person has done this thinking, um, I'll combine these two things and that'll be super strong. And that is a way to form, in some cases, poisonous gases that can harm your lungs and send you to the emergency room. So the, the, the moral here is read the label, use the amount, um, the strength that they call for on the label, uh, follow it exactly. Okay. It sounds very much like the advice that we give clients regarding the use of pesticides on the farm. So thank you for pointing that out. So next, I'm going to try to imagine a couple of scenarios and then ask you some questions about them just to try to make sure we all understand this. So first, let's say I have no reason to believe that any of my staff at my farm have COVID-19. What, if any, additional steps would you have me add to what I was doing in 2019 um, regarding cleaning and sanitizing as necessary, say, in my wash pack station? Right. So if no one is ill with COVID-19, then the USDA guidance recommends the same sanitary procedures that you've already been following for food safety in your wash pack station. For farms and farm stands, this would mean continuing to follow the same things you're already, you already have in place. For example, washing, rinsing, and sanitizing food contact surfaces and tools that you use, such as knives, uh, baskets, maybe, before and after use. For food businesses, uh, restaurants and, and farmers who may be food processing, this would mean following the food code regulations and sanitation standard operating procedures that you've already have in place to prevent contamination of the product. Now let's say that I have a farm and I have a farm stand that's open to the public um, and I have no specific information that my staff or my customers have COVID-19. What steps would you advise me to take regarding the cleaning of the farm stand? So again, for cleaning the farm stand, the same thing you, were, you had in place before COVID-19 would be adequate for keeping the food safe. So cleaning and sanitizing your food contact surfaces on, on a regular basis. Additional cleaning and disinfecting steps for those high-touch surfaces um, would reduce the risk for spread of the contamination even more. So in these strategies to help reduce the spread of COVID-19 also reduce the potential for spreading the regular bad bugs that have not gone on vacation during COVID-19, right? So Thing, by, by additional disinfecting of high-touch surfaces, you're also reducing the risk for um, things like E. coli, salmonella, hepatitis A, and norovirus. So it's not a bad thing. The CDC recommends at least once a day cleaning and disinfection of those high-touch surfaces. So door handles, desks, phones, light switches, faucets, baskets, steering wheels, point of service equipment, point of sales equipment. So doing it more than once a day is also acceptable and may be welcomed by customers. I think that's an important point. Our customers are every bit as concerned about getting uh, COVID-19 as we are. So in addition to actually doing the right thing, making sure your customers know you're doing the right thing is actually probably really important right about now. 
So one more scenario. Um, if I were to learn that one of my staff members or one of my customers had tested positive for COVID-19 or is showing pretty definitive signs of COVID-19, what would you recommend I do in that scenario? Okay, so if um, a staff member or a customer is showing signs of COVID-19, uh, as far as additional cleaning, you would want to clean and disinfect areas and items the worker or the customer may have contaminated. Um, the CDC recommends these, these steps. So if the surfaces are dirty, of course, you want to clean them with detergent or soap and water before you go and disinfect to keep the disinfectant uh, working to its full capacity. So if the surface is not visibly dirty, you can go right to using an EPA-registered product that both cleans and disinfects instead. So either way, you want to read the label directions carefully as there may be a separate procedure for using the product as a cleaner or as a disinfectant. Uh, for disinfection, most common EPA-registered disinfectants should be effective, um, paying special attention to whether the products are recommended for the kind of surface you're using the disinfectant on. If, unfortunately, the ill person contaminated food contact surfaces or food contact equipment or utensils, you need to disinfect those items or surfaces and then rinse them and then sanitize them before they're used for food preparation again. Okay, I think I've got it then. Um, and so where can I find a list of EPA approved products? So the list is online. You would just need to go to your search engine and put in list N, N like no. So list N, disinfectants for use against SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, but I don't think you have to put all that in. If you put in list N disinfectants, I'm sure you'll come to the FDA, I mean the EPA's um, list. Okay, great. And do you have any final recommendations that you want to give to our listeners? Yes, the, the big takeaway is read the label and do what it says, follow the instructions. Um, the label is the law. So, and as we talked about earlier, uh, sanitizers and disinfectants are pesticides. And if you use a pesticide improperly and cause damage, you can be held legally liable. When you're, when you have, when you're about to use a sanitizer or disinfectant, Pay special attention to the amount that they recommend that you use, how long it needs to contact the surface that you're working on. It's all about applying what you already know from using pesticides to using sanitizers and disinfectants. I think that's a really great point. And, and I'll just highlight one point that, that you already made. A lot of our pesticides, oftentimes a sanitizer or disinfectant that you might buy could be used in multiple scenarios. So it's really important when you're reading those labels to um, make sure you're reading the section of the label that tells you how to mix and use that product for the exact purpose that you're using it for. Great. All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. And thanks to Anna for, um, for letting us put this topic on Overinformed. And have a great rest of your day.
Overinformed on IPM is a production of University of New Hampshire Cooperative Extension, an equal opportunity educator and employer. All music is used by permission or by Creative Commons licensing. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the university, its trustees, or its volunteers. Inclusion or exclusion of commercial enterprises in this podcast does not equate endorsement. The University of New Hampshire, New Hampshire counties, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture cooperate to provide extension programming in the Granite State. Learn more at extension.unh.eu.